you did over 240 episodes, you know, you did a lot. So I don't expect you to remember sort of individual episodes necessarily, but what were the kind of storylines you like to get your teeth into? Yeah, I mean, there's one that immediately comes to mind, but of course I can't remember the the name of it, but it was dealing with this really sinister um, character who I, I think it was, I think it was a serial rapist. I think he was a serial rapist. It was very, very intense. And there was a lot of interview scenes, interview room scenes with him that I, and I just loved doing them. That episode was actually used as an example episode that they sent out to new directors. I think it might have been James Halls who directed it. Boy Meets Girl. Boy Meets Girl. That sounds right. I think that's it. Lloyd Owen. Yeah. Lloyd Owen. I mean, he's brilliant. He's brilliant. Yeah. And I loved working with him. And I just thought it was a really good intense sort of acting experience i don't know what it looked like as well it must have been pretty good otherwise they wouldn't have used it as an example episode but yeah one that i really loved and uh, you get top billing in that episode which i think is always nice for an actor do i (laughs) yeah i didn't know about that you get top billing quite a lot in your time and not some people never got top billing in the bill you know really yeah i didn't know that um i mean i had a you know sort of uh, there were some writers who wrote some really nice stuff for me. I was very, you know, I feel that we, we had some lovely writers on there. There was one writer that used to write quite dark, off, slightly offbeat episodes. Peter J. Hammond. PJ Hammond. PJ Hammond. Yeah. Well yeah. done. You're good. You're good. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, PJ he's Hammond. a superb writer. Every PJ Hammond episode I loved. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he was something special. Really? Sapphire and Steel, he created as well, and yeah, yeah, and and I mean, what it's funny because um, they don't know the Billiton the Billiton celebrate classic episodes of the Bill every day on Twitter, and by coincidence today they don't they don't know. Although I've, I sent them a little tease earlier today, they're celebrating Game of Two Halves with Susie goes back into uniform. Oh, I love that! I did <laughs> love that episode. I re- really are they. I really did love that episode. One of the things that I most loved about that episode was being in the uniform. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I loved being in the uniform. Yeah, really weird things I remember about that. Uh, I really loved the weight of the belt around uh, my hips. It made me feel like really empowered. <laughs> yeah. And the hat. And um, yeah, I loved that. And I lo- there was a moment where I have a fight with a guy. That's right. Uh, this was actually, I tackle him. And we're on the in his bedroom, I think, on his bed, and then he escapes. And and um, I don't know. We just managed to choreograph that really well, so it looked. I loved. I loved that. It, could, yeah. it looked realistic. I thought it was great. Yeah, no, it was, I liked that episode. Yeah, it was good. And nice for you, uh, yeah, paired of Clive Wedderburn, like to to actually get to meet because I suppose with with CID and uniform is often a divide. But, yeah. but for, for the cast, I suppose you all were one. Were you all one family? Did you get the same oh, yeah. of like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. I mean, there was a big green room that we all hung out in, you know, so if uh, CID and Uniform didn't cross a lot work-wise, but, you know, yeah, there were absolutely, you know, people that that I, you sort of hung, I hung out with in the in the green Lisa Gagan, I shared a dressing room with Lisa. Um, absolutely gorgeous. So, yeah, we had quite a, you know, a, a lovely friendship going there we shared a dressing room very well together and then Lita Lolita Chakrabarti came and joined us later so we had this like really uh, great sort of dressing room going on 
sort of in the green room and then in the pub so we don't you know we go on to the pub after a shoot or whatever if there was uh if if we'd finished in time and so you know the people who'd hang who'd come and have a drink that in those days but um like tom butcher and uh, Andy paul who again i was a bit in love with Andy paul <laughs> <laughs> But he was very, very, very married to a very, very, very beautiful lady. He was just sort of a little, you know, uh, teenage, and not teenage quite, because I was in my 20s, but um, kind of, oh, you're lovely. Um, and so Andy Paul used to have a great laugh with him. Brilliant. So, yeah, there was a lot of kind of green room and in the pub. You said earlier you, you, you felt you took yourself very seriously, but it sounds like you were having a great time as well. Yeah, I... Yeah, I just sound like we're having a good time. I think we did have a good time. We were very much, a, I, I think we were very much a family. And do you know what I think uh, was really special about the about the actors on, well, no, the bill, everyone actually, the crew and uh, and everyone, everyone on the bill, the team, the whole team, you know, costume, makeup, the runners, uh, props guys. I, I, the whole thing was a family, really. Everyone looked after each other. And I, something I think is very special that you don't always get when you go in as a visiting actor is that we were very, very careful of our visiting actors. So when our visiting actors came in, we made or tried to really make sure that they felt comfortable with us, that they got to, you know, run lines, have a laugh, have a coffee together, have that they felt, I hope they all felt really cared for by us. Because I think we were very aware that we were doing this dawn till dusk every day. We're very familiar. We're very comfortable. We could easily have a big laugh before we do a take and all of that. But then you've got a visiting actor coming in and it can be a very intimidating experience that coming into an established group of actors who are chatting just before a take. So I think we were all always very, very careful to be really um, embracing and supportive of our visiting actors. And now when I look back, I, I mean, I thought we had amazing visiting actors anyway, but sometimes now I look back and go like, gosh, and they really made it. <laughs> they really, those actors really took off. David Tennant, you had a great storyline with. Well, that was massive at the time. I remember watching at my nan and granddad's house because it was like trailed on every ad break in between <laughs> every other show, yeah. that story, you know. Amazing. I mean, we had amazing visiting. We did have amazing visiting actors. We did. Mm. Extraordinary. I mean, I could, now that like so many people are just popping into my my head as we're speaking. Yeah, very, very lucky. At the time, it all just felt part of the job. It's funny. You just, you kind of just take it all in your stride at the time. It's now when you look back and you, you think, gosh, no, we were, we were, we were really lucky. And also what a loss it is. Oh, what a loss. It's, 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 uh, it's, you know, it won the BAFTA for Best Continuing Drama and then got axed. It was like, what have you just done? It was a stupid, stupid decision. Stupid oh. decision. A really stupid. I don't understand why they did that. When you think about it, I mean, I always think that this was such a major employer. It was yeah. such a major employer, not just the regulars, but all the young directors that came through and learnt their craft there and the same with the first AD, second ADs, but all people you meet in the business now who learnt the ropes at the bill under really established amazing people who knew the job backwards. Writers, young writers communities cutting their teeth there, actors, yeah, a whole range, visiting actors, so many visiting actors 
well, when I was there, three times a week. Huge employer. Huge employer. I suppose, like, um, and you've done five of these now. I, I feel Doctors is the, like, the last sort of remnant of, like, the half-hour format that the bill had, where you'd, and you'd a guest actor would be able to go back yeah, quite yeah, regularly yeah. to yeah. do yeah, different roles. I think, roles, I, think I go back every couple of years. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I think they have to leave like a two-year gap, and so I'm coming up for another one. I think. <laughs> yeah, you, you'll be due. Yeah, I mean, you've you've played everything from a, a chocolatier to a, a police officer, and yeah, yeah. and the powerhouse businesswoman. <laughs> I love how you know my career better than me. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just need to get out more. I think. <laughs> Doctors is very similar, actually, in a way, to the bill in that they really look after you as well because they have lots of visiting actors coming in and they're really supportive and really they're a really lovely bunch really i love it when i go back to doctors yeah yeah they're great they're really fab now what are your memories of of this (laughs) 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 oh the panto the panto shoot where we did that in brighton wasn't it brighton we went to i think yeah yeah and we all stayed. We all stayed in a hotel there, all of us. Can you imagine? <laughs> oh my god! All of us staying in a hotel in Brighton. I'm, you know, to say that we did it sober would be an absolute lie. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I don't really remember very much about the episode. I do remember. I don't think I can't blame Derek Cotty. He was it. <laughs> One of the production managers saying Kerry can't wait to wear that. She looks like Darth Vader. It's <laughs> because <laughs> <laughs> so of my hair. Because I had uh, my hair was much longer then. I, look, I don't know, whatever. Something I was wearing uh, made my hair like this. She, she, she looks like Darth Vader. The uh, the rest of it was largely getting a bit squiffy in the bars. That's that's what I remember about that. Ray Ashcroft recalls Ben Roberts holding court. Uh, in the bar. Oh, well, that's not unusual then, Ben. Yeah. Again, Ben was somebody that I knew from uh, Nottingham Playhouse. Before I went to drama school, I worked at Nottingham Playhouse for uh, a year, and Ben was somebody who worked, he's from the Midlands, and he, he was somebody who worked at Nottingham Playhouse on a regular basis. So I worked with Ben quite a lot over the course of that year. And um, uh, so we had... <laughs> We had a, a very intimate uh, relationship in that dressing room, me and Ben. Right. <laughs> I'm his dresser, and you can imagine how Ben was with 20-year-old me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. While you're down there, Kerry. <laughs> that was absolutely Ben. <laughs> he was so cheeky. He's so naughty. And... And such a big heart of gold. And when I joined the bill, I mean, he absolutely took to me under his wing, you know, when I went in as a regular and uh, took the mick out of me mercilessly, bringing up all those dressing, you know, my I was his dresser stories. And um, yeah, he was an absolute swine and I loved him to pieces. And he's gone too soon, far too soon. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I mean, it must... That... <laughs> Just thinking Ben holding court. That's so yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, they're all character. I, I think that, I mean, this is the year of the bill I grew up 
loving and watching. You know, this was like watching as a family with mum and dad or dad at my nan and granddad's, you know. And it shows on screen as well, I feel, that you are all a family and it's a really solid lineup. Oh God! I mean, it felt to me when we had the fi- the rap part, the final rap party. I mean, it yeah. it was really serendipitous. This, but as I arrived, because I'd left the bill for quite some time, then I'd had Thomas and um my son, and uh, as I arrived for the final rap thing, all those that that era, we were all arriving at the same time. I mean, it was just it was just glorious. So Steve Beckett. You know, so uh, Andy Mack, Tom Butcher, Lisa, uh, Lolita, all of us, this, uh, the whole kind of gang of that era, were all turning up at the same time. And some lucky fans who were waiting outside got that, uh, got that post, got root shot, yeah, of, of the whole lot of us. And yeah, it was just amazing to see them all again because you just say, like, yeah, Andrea, I'd not seen since I'd finished on the bit, Andrea Mason since I'd finished on the bill and I was there when she'd started and uh you know sort of she evolved into such an incredible character and yeah just got so many memories I truly couldn't be there but she sent you probably heard this before but she sent us a video message from Glastonbury because <laughs> her daughter <laughs> was for me oh. yeah 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 oh yeah so she sent us all a message yeah so it was it was we were we were really tight and really supportive of each other, really supportive of each other. I mean, obviously, in, you know, over a long period of time, there are moments where people fall, are falling down a little bit, you know, from yeah. exhaustion or things that are going on in their personal lives or just normal human stuff. And er- everyone whole, held each other up, you know. Mm. Uh, mm. Yeah. It must have been a very difficult show to leave. It was, it was really difficult. Um, it, it, it was Andrew's fault, really. Andy, Andy Mack. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's his fault, really, that, that I left. I, I'd kind of been thinking for a long time, because uh, initially, the first, couple of, the first couple of years, I think it was just great getting comfortable in front of a camera and really knowing, you know, really knowing what you were doing. I thought that was a great thing. And then... After the first couple of years, then I started to get really interested in the other side, in, um, you know, watching the directors and the camera guys. And, yeah, so I was interested in the technical side. And then Andy and I set up a little tiny, weeny production company called Big Week. (laughs) And um, I decided that I wanted to go off and do a BBC director's course that I wanted to learn the other side. And... um, you're hearing it all now aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so I went to the producers and said look I think I'd like to, to go off and do this I mean they were amazing they were amazing I, I had no idea just how lucky we had it there honestly so uh they let me take <laughs> I can't believe they did this I can't imagine a production company would do this now they let me take a three-month sabbatical so I went off and I didn't do the uh, BBC director course because Andy had been talking to some high up police people at some function he'd been to and was talking about this little production company that we were putting together. And we had a storyline uh, in mind that we wanted to do and everything was something that my then uh, partner had written. It was very good. So we were going to work on doing that. 
but he'd been talking to these people and saying, well, we've set up a little production and they said, would you like to make a, we're looking actually for someone to make a uh, corporate video for us. It's not my proudest moment, um, but not because of, you know, the actors and not because of the shots we used, not because of my crew, not because of anything like that, but because it was the first thing I'd ever done. So, <laughs> so it was a little bit lacking in directorial flair, but it was <laughs> an amazing experience. So instead of doing the course, I, I did this. Andy had got us this job, but he's still working on the bill. He hasn't got a sabbatical. <laughs> so I had to, I'm given a budget. So the police gave us like a 10 grand budget and said like, there you go, produce, direct. And I'm like, oh, that'll be me then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's where I started. Uh, I, I put a thing on my, I had a computer, very early computer owner, had a thing on my computer there, of course we didn't have internet <laughs> there, that said, feel the fear and do it anyway. You know that old cliche? Because I was yeah. with everything. So yeah, so then I, I had lists, you know, I, of course I pulled in um, people off the bill, you know, cameraman um, and sound. Uh, I pulled people in from there, from the bill to do it with me. And they told me what I needed, equipment-wise. So I set about, you know, booking the equipment, booking the venues, booking the location, doing all that, <laughs> pulling in all my actor mates again, you know, to play yeah. the parts and do all of that. Produced it, kind of directed it. Well, I did direct it, but I'm not sure how well I did that. But yeah, and once I'd done that, because my brain had been busy for those three months, like going like crazy busy and then editing. And, and I'd been really, I felt like my brain really woke up in a different sort of way. And I went back to work. And I just felt in the, that morning when we were shooting, and it might have just been, an, I don't know, maybe it was an unfortunate episode to go back in on, I can't remember. But I went back in and I just sort of felt like a bit of my brain just went me. Mm -hmm. Right. And um, yeah, I just didn't feel excited anymore. And so in the tea break, I called my agent. This is how like impulsy I am. <laughs> Doing things on impulse. In the tea break, I called my agent and said, can you get me out of my contract? I don't want to be here anymore. And um, I was in the middle of a three year contract. The producers obviously wanted to talk to me. I had a bit of a chat with them and, and uh, they wanted to make sure that I was sure and everything. And I said, yeah, I, I really am. I really feel like I need to do something different. Uh, it's not because I don't love it here. I just mm. need something different. And Pat, again, Pat, Pat really kind of championed me and said, you know, you are a proper actress, Kerry, and you will do off, go off and you will do proper actress things. And you have spent longer than you ever intended to here. I think we should back her. And that was it. Wow. So they said, we'd need six months. We need, we do need, we need six months to be able to, write you out so so that was it and then by the time I left I found out that I was pregnant with my son Tom <laughs> oh oh wow so during that six months which is really interesting because we had been trying for a baby but um it had not been happening and I don't know whether that bit in my brain somewhere that went now you can relax or something yeah but yeah I got pregnant during those six well during the last three months of of the um i was about three months pregnant when i left <laughs> crazy well in a way i suppose that was a good thing because it's 
hard, you know, after five years on a show, like to, to, for that change in routine. But if you're expecting a, a baby, then that's just a whole new mindset, anyway, isn't it? So completely. But I had, I didn't go off and kind of do the things that I'd planned on pursuing. I just went off and uh. went, oh my god. <laughs> And it's funny enough, actually, because I didn't know I was pregnant. So it must have been about six weeks. So I didn't know yet. I hadn't realised. I just thought, oh, I'm a bit late or whatever, you know. But they needed me to go back in, I think, to pick something up. So they would had the Christmas break or whatever. And I went back in to do these pickups or something. And I put my costume on and the trousers were really tight. And I'm like, oh, I must have like really been eating over Christmas. <laughs> And that's when it first occurred to me. I thought, like, maybe I'm pregnant. And I did a test, and yeah. <laughs> yeah, crazy. So, yeah, so it was a kind of weird decision, I suppose. It was, I'm quite impulsive. Yeah. But in a way, like, that, that experience of, of directing that, uh, you know, corporate and trying that, in a way, you're, has planted the seed for now when you can do both. And you can write and create your own TV series, you know. I think it was probably always in me that there. My friends weren't surprised. Like when I said, would you come and do this corporate with me? Mm. And as I say, don't look it up because I think I really did a, not a brilliant job. But not because of everyone else. I have to emphasise that. It was just, yeah, directorial choices when maybe I learned from that. But yeah, I think that war, I think that was always in me. But then it just kind of, it became latent. Uh, when I had Thomas, then it all, you know, my life became all about Thomas and my, um, I don't like calling them my stepkids because they're my kids and my grandchildren now from those kids, Natalie and Carl. So it kind of all became about the family. Uh, I still worked, but much more the focus was there. Mm. Yeah, but it was kind of always there. In a and it wasn't that long before you joined Brookside, you know? No, it wasn't actually. No, um, Thomas was, uh, yeah, I, I think he was about two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it so wasn't, like, no, it wasn't long. No, that's, that doesn't happen for everyone to leave a long running show to then get into another long running show. You know, no. it's. No, I know. I know. I mean, really. And, and so local as well. That was, yeah. like, it's just a drive for me. It was like a half hour drive to work. Yeah, I know. That was really, that was really, really lucky. And I met some amazing people on that show as well. Sometimes I forget that I did it. Well, it's, it's I was going to ask, like, you know, because you recently did a nice little stint on Corrie. I mean, do you still pinch yourself when you suddenly, oh, I'm working in a rover's return? Do you still get moments like that as, like, a, as you know? You pinch... Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I grew up with Coronation Street. You know, that was... Like we come home from school, we have our tea, curry on the telly, you know. That was absolutely grew up with Coronation Street, and um, and and also all my family. Yes, you know, you said like, what are they thinking about you? I'm like, I don't think they think that much about me being an actor, really. But always, when are you going to do Coronation Street? When are you going to do Coronation? Street? Why don't you go? Why don't you go on? Why don't you join Coronation Street? Like as if you can just. Just join my gym, you know. <laughs> I'm all right then. Yeah, I know I'll do that. I'll join Coronation Street. Uh, yeah, so when I did, uh, when I went in, uh, I did Coronation Street, everyone was really pleased and wanted me to be a regular and stay. Uh, but also walking onto this, like those things, walking onto the set, onto the street. I was just like, oh my God, look at this. 
here we are on the act. I'm in the Rover's Return. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it felt massive. It was massive. It was extraordinary. I, I was like a fan, you know, it was, I was like a fan there. And I couldn't quite believe, you know, that I was, I'm sitting, talking to like these actors who've been on it for ever. Oh my God. Yeah, no, it was amazing. Yeah, I loved it. And I think it's a shame that, well, of course it's a shame for so many reasons that COVID hit. That goes without saying, doesn't it? But um, they tried to work more episodes in, but I was already booked for, after I did the initial, I can't remember how many I did now. You probably know better than me. I think you did like nine. Five, nine. Five, nine. Something like that. So after I did those initial apps, they tried to book me in for more episodes, but I was already booked for a theatre job. So that couldn't, they tried to work it, but it wouldn't work out. And then, of course, COVID came. That's it. So I don't know if you'll come back. Yeah, but that was a shame is the... They were sort of talking about, you know, possibly bringing her in for more. And yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens yeah. on the line. You never know. You never know. Is, but, yeah. is, there a, is there a dream job or a dream series you'd like to add to your resume? <laughs> Accidental Guru, of course. <laughs> Accidental Guru. My own series where I get to employ all of my amazing actor friends and bring other amazing actor friends and actors that I've worked in to do guest parts and that that's the dream isn't it dream team other than that if you're talking about you know um what's already out there it might be a kind of written by thing or sort of pretty much anything written by Sally Rainwright probably or Paul <laughs> Abbott yeah so I think it, yeah it might be a kind of more of a written by thing uh if I got to be involved in Pamela Adlin's next series of uh, Better Things in America with her. That would be, we are talking dream jobs, right, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then that would be, I think that would be a fairly amazing thing. Um, if I got to be, play the personal assistant of Jessica Lang and <laughs> Sam Shepard in some fantasy drama, <laughs> That would be quite good, yeah. How about Star Trek? Get you a Star Trek? No, how do you know that about me? (laughs) I know a a fellow Trekkie when I see one. Uh, I'm a huge Star Trek. I'm a huge Star Trek fan. I was so jealous as uh, Jason Isaac, who was in our year at drama school. Yes. He got to play the pretending captain. Yeah. (laughs) ages and I didn't know he was doing it he came on and I was like oh no <laughs> yeah. no you're on it uh, oh absolutely and I worked with Marina Sirtis I did a um a, a casualty a casualty special with Marina Sirtis years ago this was just after the I finished on the bill I think I think I've done a casualty whole b-city a uh, combination where the hospital burns down and everything. But I don't think Marina was in that one. I think it was another one, casualty, uh, casualty special, but I can't remember what the story that was. I know I had a son that was missing, but I don't know what Marina was doing. I've been a life, I'm a lifelong Trekkie fan. And there's Marina. Sitting <laughs> <laughs> next to me having coffee, chewing the fat. I'm I like, love it. Yeah. <laughs> Again, yeah, 
absolute professionalism left the room and the big fan arrived. <laughs> like, oh, I can't believe I'm working with you. Yeah, I just don't know. Would I do Star Trek? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Would I do Star Trek if let's, they offered? Let's manifest <laughs> it. Let's, let's, I think you need to be leaving yourself, yeah. leaving your manifest friend voicemails, that. but yeah. You yeah. are the next Vulcan commander of the Enterprise. Completely, you know. and that would be my favourite thing to be. If I was going to be anything, I'd absolutely choose to be a Vulcan. Yeah, completely. you'd be an awesome because Vulcan. They look so cool, don't they? they yeah. Look, I love that. that. The whole look is so cool. I like those eyebrows. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm really good. I can do both hands. <laughs> Live long and prosper. <laughs> <laughs> You get my vote. Let's make it happen. <laughs> Let's manifest it. Although the Klingon women are pretty cool as well, aren't they? Oh, Half yeah. The Klingon women are pretty kind of, yeah. Yeah, I could. <laughs> well, that's the exciting thing nowadays. If, like, if Star Trek can come back, why not the bill? And how could the bill be reimagined, you know, for like. But it is you know... back, isn't it? Well, isn't apparently. It? Apparently, it's uh, having a spin off, but, you know. I, I'm, I don't know the details of that. I've only seen a little bit, you know, I've seen it because people, loads of people have said to me, so are you going to be in it? Are you going to be in it? I'm like, I don't think so. I think they're mm. kind of doing a, you know, new young crew mm. uh, of the bill and bringing in, uh, I think maybe I read Trudy, Mark and Jeff. A Graham. Um, yeah. Oh, Graham. Is it Graham? Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just bringing in like a sort of a few of the... Yeah. Old gang, yeah. You, you could be like detective superintendent by now, Susie. I think I could, yeah. I think I'm probably old, you know, to actually sort of be running, you know, <laughs> yeah. running the police by now, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think probably. Would you get the waistcoat back on if asked? You know, would you? I might have to lose a few pounds first. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> But yeah, but absolutely, of course, you know, I'm sure we all would. But I mean, how many Bill regulars have there been? And this is a serious question. How many Bill regulars have there been since its inception to when it ended? Well, there, you... it, there must be around 150 regular cast, you know. Do you know, must be. It's, quite, it's quite a big sort of um, shopping yeah. mall to pick from that, yeah. isn't it? But I mean, you're, you're probably in the top... 20 in terms of episode numbers I, I don't know I mean you uh, you know so much more than I do in 1993 they introduced eight new regular characters and you'd go on to be the longest serving of those so take a bow I didn't know that. Mm. yeah I they introduced eight that. yeah uh you and Stephen Beckett went for Me, five Stephen years Beckett. Yeah. Me and Stephen Beckett and and Ian Fletcher, we all joined at the same time. I think Clive yeah. Wedderburn came in shortly after that. Is that right? Came, um, came in, I think, just before. But but the episode transmission order was all, you know, when people joined and when right. they were. But then you, you you had someone like Liz Crowther come in, do do a, a dozen episodes and then not have a contract. You know, it was kind of cutthroat, really. Or Oh, God, yeah. I mean, Liz Crowther was fantastic. Yeah. I mean, really wonderful, wonderful uh, character. Yeah, I didn't know. I really didn't know that. Is that I think Lolita came in, I know, quite a way after, and so did Andrea Mason. 
but they t- yeah I know I joined with kind of at the same time as Stephen Ian I mean I kind of basically I stepped into Martella's uh yeah. into Martella's shoes and you know a really big role to fill because I thought she was I thought she was a fantastic oh, character yeah. I would have liked to have worked with her she was I think she was there doing one of her final episodes as I started my one of my first episodes I only met her that once um, but absolutely what a lovely what an absolutely lovely woman and yeah. incredibly gracious to me you know I mean really really lovely woman big shoes to fill well you felt you filled them awesomely and like how how do you feel about the fact that that, that you know you still have fans who appreciate you and your work as Susie all these years later. I hope you take a moment to feel proud. I, well, I feel blown away by it every, every time. Uh, still, now, I mean, I look at my son. He's, big, he's a big man now. <laughs> he, you know, he's a big man. He's 22. He'll be 23 in September. That's how long ago I left the bill. And people still... Um, recognize me they still speak to me about it they still contact me and it blows me away I feel really flattered and really honored and really appreciative of those people who who actually have taken the time to to say oh we love that program or we loved your character or yeah I mean it really touches me it really touches me yeah (laughs) there's a lot of people out there who'd be very very grateful to you for doing this they can help support you in making Accidental Guru happen. One tiny little positive thing that has come out of this whole COVID situation is that I, I can see a lot of helping hands in, in our community of actors and creatives that people are trying, it's pulling out people's creativity. I think people are trying to come up with their own work, create their own work, and, and include other people from the industry in it. It'd, it'd be interesting to look back and go like, wow, would, would we really have done that if this terrible thing hadn't happened? I think it can bring out the best, it can bring out the worst in people, these kind of situations, but I think it can bring out the best yeah. as well, can't it? Well, we've all been listening to one of the best right now. So, <laughs> Kerry Pierce, take a bow. I'm going to say it, legend. <laughs> I keep asking Oliver not to say this, but thank you to all of you out there listening. And um, it's really been a pleasure to talk to Oliver and to share with all of you guys who I do really appreciate. Thank you. My huge thanks to Kerry, an absolute triumph of a human being. I adore her and I'm sure you do as well. If you'd like to support Kerry's Accidental Guru TV pilot, they're currently in post-production and they're looking for some extra support. You can find the campaign on GoFundMe.com and the link is in the description of this podcast. Perks include getting your name on the closing credits of the pilot. If you're enjoying this gold dust with Kerry, well, you could have enjoyed it six months ago on Patreon because Sergeant patrons of the Build podcast get access to releases six months in advance. So right now, while you're listening to Kerry on SoundCloud, they're enjoying six podcasts in advance, including a special quadrilogy with the fantastic Ian Fletcher, a.k.a. DC Rod Skates. 
If you'd like to unlock over 50 hours of bonus content, including video commentaries of cast and crew, reaction and analysis videos, Misty Moon reunion highlights, there's loads on there. It would be wonderful to see you on there. Loads of chat and discussion between the patrons. I'm really grateful for everyone's support. That's patreon.com forward slash the bill podcast. Right now, I'll hand you over to another Sunhill legend, Mr. Ben Payton, to read our closing credits to our inspector and chief super patrons, the co-producer and executive producers of the bill podcast. My huge gratitude to them. Now I'll hand you over to a man who wakes up every morning with the sound of a gun barrel. It's Mr. 007 himself, the one and only Mr. Ben Payton. Hello, this is Ben Payton, and you have been listening to The Bill Podcast. Produced and presented by Oliver Crocker. Co-produced by Ben Adams, Sarah Kuiper, Alex Mockler, and Simon Wolfe. Executive produced by Glenn Allen, Ben Ashmore, Daniel Christopher, Alana Dewar, Andrew Dyack, Paul Dunn, Dan Evans, George Fairbrother, Stuart Gibbon, Aaron Gordon, Luke Hegarty, Edward Kellett, James Ladane, Lucy McNeil, Stuart and Jen Morris, Claire Norbury, Justin Pitt, Tom Sherrington, Angel Stannard, Patrick Stratford, Sarah Went and Michael Weil. Brought to you in association with georgefairbrother.com and Misty Moon Events. Signed copies of Oliver Crocker's book, Witness Statements, are available from devonfirebooks.com.